All right, this is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. <laughs> we have a fantastic guest, Iko Yamamoto. Iko, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Eko Yamamoto, you are a actress, and uh, you've been all around the Bay Area. You have uh, acted, I'm trying to do this thing here. Oh, there we go. Uh, you've acted at the um, the ground floor, the Palo Alto Players. You've studied at um, UCLA. Yes. You studied at California Colleges of the Arts, and uh, you will be in Hello, Dolly, and you'll also be in the um, the Eureka, what Eureka is it, Eureka Day. Eureka Day. Yeah, Spreckles. Oh, yeah. Nice. Way up north in Rona Park. <laughs> now, now, it was at uh, Aurora. Isn't, didn't Aurora do? Yes. Um, so the play was written by Jonathan Spector. Mm-hmm. It was commissioned, I believe, and premiered at Aurora Berkeley last year. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, apparently it won all of the region's best play awards. Yeah. So it's, that's very exciting to yeah. be part the of great something like Eliza- that. The great Elizabeth Carter who we talk about all the time, was in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. I didn't know if you were in that production. No, and he's based in, um, the writer is based in Oakland. Wow. Yeah, and apparently, writer. yes, and yeah. apparently he has, I can't remember the name of it, but he also, I believe, is, has his own small theater that he runs as well. Mm. He's the artistic director. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk more about mm-hmm. the Eureka Day and also Hello, Dolly, and also just all, all of the other things that you've done in theater, and also just... We'll get a life story about you and, you know, find out more about you and all that stuff. As I ask you uh, each week, Norman, how was your week? How is As You Like It doing? As You Like It is great. We finished up our run in Pleasanton. We moved to Cupertino. In fact, last night was our first tech, our only tech. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll do some more this afternoon and then first preview. And tomorrow we open, and, and it's weird. That means we're going to keep having these little openings, which is kind of strange. But yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even call it an opening because, you know, you guys are, you know, I mean, it's just well, a new venue. It's a new venue, but it's a different configuration. Uh-huh. In fact, one of the things I want to do when I get there today is walk my new patterns because I have new entrances and exits. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you try to figure out how to use it to tell the story. Yeah. So, yeah, no, then, and this is the first time first week that we've had time off yeah which i know um, you you're happy for i mean oh, <laughs> well i ended up booking all this work so i was still running all week yeah but, yeah you, you're, you had, did you have relaxed. a couple of modeling gigs i had three or four modeling gigs I, okay yeah I, I kept kept moving all yeah week. <clears throat> well, good for you and then next week not as much because supposedly we're going to have some time in the space mm-hmm. um rehearsing um, this is where they will – so we have a bunch of understudies. Mm-hmm. And so they'll start working with the understudies on stage Yeah, more than they have been. It's sort of like we had to get the show together, and now that the show is together, it's like, okay, so you guys, this is how you fit into this. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very nice. And, and you, then it was strangest thing. Yeah. Um, one of the young guys, one of the uh, understudies, he, yeah. um, they play a bunch of – you know, the Lords and Attendants sure. and Foresters and all these smaller roles. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes in and he's like, you know a buddy of mine. So it turns out this young guy that I know, mm-hmm. he's friends with. And I'm like, okay, so that makes you even younger than I thought you were. Because I've known this guy since he was like in middle school. Mm. And he's wow. just, he's, uh, I think he's going into his senior year, yeah. this year in college. I'm like, dude, yeah. <laughs> I'm old. There's nothing like, you know, working State with young. 
There, yeah, exactly. There's nothing working like younger actors to remind you. <laughs> well, just, you know, they're kids, and then they're not kids. Yeah. You know, they say, hey, if, you know, we, um, we, do, we have a ritual where we do a little toast. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're looking at some of them like, are you old enough for this? And they're, yeah, I'm 22. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay>. yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, I've worked, and you're absolutely right, Echo. It, it is a state of mind. It's a state of mind. That's yeah. right. I try not to. It's it's funny. Uh, I, I don't know what article I was reading, but it was talking, no, it was a podcast that I was listening to. I listened to the 5 by 5 podcast, mm-hmm. and they were talking about just getting old and, I guess, you know, sort of reestablishing, you know, who you are because, uh-huh. you know, your mindset, you're like, okay, so I'm 30 and then let's say you're 40. Right. And you think and, – and actors go through this all the time. You're like, well, I'm going to go for this role. And then you realize, oh, no, I'm aged out of that role. I can't do that role right. anymore. Yeah. No and more, no more Hamlet. That. Yeah, 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 exactly. No more Romeo. Have you gone through that I don't that know. Before? That could change in the future with a deep fake. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I went and saw a Michael Jackson in Las Vegas. Oh, uh, oh sure. You know, and Digital I was like, stuff, yeah. yeah, and I was just kind of like, I'm just curious, you know, like, how is this? Did you actually be? see it? Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. I mean, so I didn't this have. So a hologram? Yes. Wow. Yes. And I didn't have high expectations. You know, mm-hmm. I definitely love, I grew up with his music. Right. And I was very sad when he passed away. But when I went to see it, um, yeah, I was. I was like, wow. Okay, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. technology is just amazing yeah. what it affords. And it, it's, it's his reflection on, like, uh, is it like a mirror or a piece of glass on stage or something? I have like no that? idea. I wasn't close enough to know. Okay. But hmm. it was convincing enough. I mean, it was pretty amazing and yeah. how they integrated the whole show. And then also, as far as the state of mind, I mean, it's interesting that you we're talking about age because, um, you know, they say that your mind freezes at around, like, 31 to really? 37. Like, oh, you know, when yeah. I asked my, so this is when I was younger, sure. but now then I asked my parents if that's true. And they said, oh, yeah, it's just weird. You, when you, I mean, obviously, not to negate all the life experiences you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing to be replaced with the wisdom that you, sure. I always wish. Yeah. Like, couldn't I have had that? Couldn't it have been reversed? Could I have been of getting course, younger I, I that and had that wisdom <laughs> when I was younger? Yes, yeah, I do that all the yeah, time, too. Yeah. Unfortunately, that cannot be. But, yeah. But, you know, my parents would say, yeah, well, well, I look myself in the mirror, and it's like, whoa. But inside, at a certain point, they're Mm -hmm. kind of frozen. I mean, you are who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. My dad tells me all the time, I don't feel the age that I am. I still feel like I'm 30 or 40, and I can bounce around and all that stuff. But then your body says no sometimes. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. There are times where he can't walk as far as he can. And sometimes it surprises me because, you know, not only do you freeze in your mind, but – when you're with your parents, it's like you like you I still have I still yeah, exactly I still have the <laughs> mindset or the image of let's say my dad or my oh, mom, okay, and right. I'm like, no, he's still forty, he's still thirty, or, and yeah. it's like, no, I guess not. And especially when you're away, like every time I visit back, yes. it's like, wow, did yes. he really? But it's just my mind playing tricks on me because mm. we hold our images yes. in our heads. So true, especially when you. Like, my parents live in Hawaii, yeah. so I don't see them all the time. Mm-hmm. So every time I see them, I'm just surprised at how right. aging yeah. is just, it is life. Does the reverse happen, though? I mean, because I, my folks live in San Diego, mm-hmm. but I'm, you know, I, I'm getting down more these years than I used to. Sometimes I would go more than a year without even seeing them. Mm-hmm. And then I'd walk in and I'd be like, damn, y'all are older. But at a certain point, about, I don't know, half a dozen years ago or so, like, I was watching my stepfather shrink. And then he stopped shrinking. He started stretching back up. I don't know if he was getting better exercise or something, but he like seemed to gain an inch or two hmm. after he lost 
Well, we yeah. certainly. And, and yeah, and there are times when he just looks, you know, healthier mm-hmm. and more alive than he did years ago. And I'm like, hmm, yeah, that's weird. I also think that you know we. Especially as actors, we work really hard to maintain our bodies, and we're always active, as if you are an active actor. And then there are times where, I, and I've seen it with you know friends of mine or even relatives, where it's like, listen, I just give up. I just, mm. I, I don't want to work out. I just, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, there's like a dramatic drop in whatever physical characteristics or whatever, or they just mm-hmm. get older. Or let's say an event happens. Um, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, you know. So we fight. You know, we fight as human yeah. beings and against aging. Yeah, and it's interesting that aging came up because yeah. I yeah. just exper- – as far as an actor, yes. I've experienced that this year because um, – <clears throat> so it was funny. I was having this conversation. I had um, – I was telling my friend I had uh, I had gotten a show at – I was so excited at Berkeley Playhouse because I used to live in Berkeley. Hmm. Oh. Fortunately, I had to pull out. It was a show big, but I had to pull out because I had an injury and then oh, I wow. had some family stuff that yeah. I had to deal with. But – She's like, oh, that, that theater is so close to my house. And I'm like, no, honey, that's Berkeley Prep. <laughs> and, yeah. and I said I said to her, um, the chances of me ever being, you know, because I'm not AEA. And I said, the chances of me, you know, ever auditioning at Berkeley Rep were probably eh. And then, you know, never say never mm-hmm. because then a mm-hmm. month later they called me because they're doing The Great Wave, mm-hmm. which is uh, about, uh, well, it's a, based on a true story where um, there was a time, I believe, in the 80s where North Koreans were abducting. Japanese nationals. I heard hear about, about this. That? I did hear about this. Yeah. And so um, <clears throat> so I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, they asked me, would you like to audition? I'm like, uh, uh, no, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I went. And anyway, the reason I bring this up is because what's interesting about the play is that a lot of the main characters have to – they play age range because the entire story takes place in mm-hmm. tw- tw- about 23, 24 years. Oh, so you years. have to play, like, let's say from 20 to 40 to yes, 60, something like that. Like yeah. They came – well, mm. one of the f- first parts they had me read was for a character that is starts at 17 mm. and goes up to 47. Yeah. Okay. And then the next row would be the mother who starts off, like, I believe at around 47 mm-hmm. and it's like, at 60, 70. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, after I did the audition, it's, it's interesting. I was told, you know, you gave a very strong audition, but you're smack dab in the age range that's available. Meaning, like, I'm just and, – and I knew that reading the script. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. And even if it's a range and you think, oh, what could they do this with lighting or whatever. Right, right, and right. there's certain roles you just cannot do. Yeah. Well, and, and also, you know, if they call you in – and they know who you are unless you, you – know, and we had this conversation with Cynthia Logazinski who talked about being an older actress. And mm-hmm. she had talked about they had brought her in to play a younger actress. And she told them before even she even walked in, it's like, listen, that – are you? did you get my right picture? You know, <laughs> <Exactly>. that's <laughs> – yeah. I got to mm-hmm. let just let you know that I'm a little older. She's like, no, 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 come on in anyway. So if they bring you in, right. yes. all you can do is your best, the best that you can. Yes, and you should also you – know, when you go on audition, it's not about getting that role. I mean, right. you you know, obviously you have an intention, but sure. it's about doing your best work. Exactly. You have mm-hmm. no control over casting. Right. And, you know, if they – you may not be right for this role. If you do a good job, they might remember you for something else. Yeah. Exactly. You just want to keep an and, open and mind. Yeah, that's the right mindset to have. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I I had that when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we talked – we have – you know, it's cool thing about doing the yay is that we talk to so many – People from various ages mm-hmm. and various ranges. Like, you know, we had 17-year-old sisters mm-hmm. who I think oh, 17 yeah, I and read 16. Of, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, and, and they talked about their um, their experiences, their limited experiences. But, you know, they're very young and, and they, they have ambitions and all that sort of right. stuff. But we talk to older actors and, and they say, hey, well, listen, you know, this is what I had to go through. So this is what you'll have to go through as well. So. Mm-hmm. 
it's interesting getting the different mindsets. And Absolutely. Yeah. People arrive at, at it from different viewpoints. And, sure. And when you invited me to the show, I was like, okay. I go, I'm not, like, I haven't been doing it for a long time compared to, like, you, Reg. <laughs> uh, but I have or in or a right. long time in the sense of when I started. I did start a long, you know, when I was younger. But sure. The, but the thing is, I'm like, well, there might be a lot of people out there that are like me who yeah, had, like, right. two different careers. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, yeah. who, who, I mean, I, I took acting classes quite accidentally, um, actually, because I was a... I was at UCLA, and I was mm-hmm. the first in my family to go to college. I'm from an immigrant family. Oh, wow. I was born in Japan and, yeah. and lived in Korea, bef- so English is actually my third language. Yeah. <coughs> so as most immigrant parents, there's no way they're going to you know, yeah. sacrifice that much, and you're going to say to them, yeah. are you going to view that? I've got to get you on my other podcast. I have another podcast, I'm an American, too, where I talk to uh, non-Americans to get their view on American life. Yes. But, uh, no, it's interesting, and we'll get, we'll get into yeah. a life story. Let's talk about current events. So, Trump and his tweets, and this, you know, just, do you have a take on this, Norman? I mean, just. as as that's been going on for a while now, I'm struggling with how can I find another word besides racist, racial, Mm -hmm. because that's immediately where the pushback started on, well, you can't say that's racist. He's xenophobic, and he's horrible, and (laughs) but you can't call it racist. Oh, God. I was like, seriously? That's 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 where we're stuck. With Are it. these tweets that you're getting? Because I know that you put out, let's say, tweets, and let's I, say you I, get I a response see, back. Well, I see. No, no, no. It's not. I just see. Yeah, that, and I yeah, see, yeah, yeah. You know, you know. What I love about tweets and Twitter is that you get the articles and stuff, so yeah. you can go and read all the stuff, and it's just insane. And then the people directly, like all these Republicans, mm-hmm. who just immediately jumped up to kind of go, "Well, I'm not defending what he said, but." But yeah, and then you know how much they um, were coming down on Ilhan Omar. Omar, yeah, right. Holy, when she went home, mm-hmm. did you, if you haven't seen the video of of her arrival home, you should see it. It's so heartwarming. There were all these people, and I talked to a guy last night at the alley. Um, he's an activist, and he travels the country working with small groups to try and push forward a progressive agenda. And their Minnesota group organized folks to go to the airport. They didn't tell her. I did hear about this, yes. And so when she walks in, they are there with huge signs, and they're chanting, Welcome home, Ilhan. Welcome home, Ilhan. It was gorgeous. It was so wonderful. wonderful. And she immediately got up and said something else, which pissed him off again, and somebody pointed out to me, well, that means she's controlling the narrative now. He was controlling the narrative, but now he's responding to what she's saying. Yeah. You know what I find, um, and of course we could talk about you know the e- we've talked we talk about Trump ones. all the time, yeah. but uh, Reverend um, he's a chaplain at the U.S. Uh, at, at at the Congress every t- before oh. Congress mm-hmm. in- convenes. Right there's a uh, there's a um, a, a non bipartisan pastor who gives a um, prayer. a prayer, a guy named James Conroy Patrick Conroy sorry, and he talked about. Warding off evil spirits. <laughs> it was a very thinly veiled d- rebuke of mm-hmm. Trump, and of course he has to be careful because the Republicans will say, "Well, wait a minute, you're biased. We can't have you here." Right. But there's been such a response. I mean, you know, I was listening to ESPN because I listen to sports, and mm-hmm. Dan Lebetard, of course, is supposed to be a sports thing, and Lebetard himself talked about the evils and the fact that Disney and ESPN doesn't want their employees to talk about it. But he feels he has to because, it's, it, you know, you just can't let things like that right. just go by. Echo, what do you think about just in general, just the whole 
oh, Trump and <laughs> and what's happening in the elections. I mean, do you feel optimistic about 2020? I mean, do you have what's and I ask this about everybody. No, the reason I'm saying, oh, boy, is because yeah. I think this. Oh, my goodness. I, I think I physically got almost sick this year. I mean, for these the, the time that he's oh. been a president. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it was really bad for him. I mean, it's bad for a lot of people. But, I mean, I'm coming from the point where, like, um, you know, when Obama was running. Yes. Um, I when, – when he was being inaugurated, I actually – I couldn't stop bawling. And it's because mm-hmm. as optimistic a, as I wanted to be, I thought that it would never happen in my lifetime. I said, a person of color is never going to become president of the United States in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I was just like – and then to go from that experience. Yes, <laughs> to, to 2016. Which I I was one of those people like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And when that it happened, I was like, you know, I just – I was like, oh, my God, do I need to move to a different country? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, yeah. I was really floored. And, and, and then what I did, I think the reason I got myself sick is because I'm an optimistic person. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to wish him ill. I hope that now that he's been elected president mm-hmm. that he's going to do the right thing. You right. Know? right. And I would read the news every single day. Every morning, that's the first thing I would do, mm-hmm. expecting him to do something good. Yeah. And as things went on, as you know, it's right. just – it just got incredibly disheartening. And yeah, sad. yeah. And yeah. now I'm really worried about. I'm glad that his presence is almost over a bit. I'm mm-hmm. worried because I also thought Bush wouldn't get reelected. <laughs> oh, elected, George right? W. Bush. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know Trump is like way worse. So yeah. um, I'm scared. Yeah, I, I hear would you. Say that. Yeah. You know what's fascinating about Trump? The third rail. The a lot of poli- usually politicians are wary of the third rail because they're worried of repercussions. Mm. And Trump is sort of like, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to step on this thing. I'm right. going to say whatever. You know, like in the beginning of the week, he made a statement, and then he walked back. He was like, well, you know, the crowd was chanting, but I didn't right. say anything. Right. He's lying. And of course, totally he's lying. lying. <laughs> and then he recanted that again. Yeah. Right. It's not even a dog whistle because the dog whistle is a silent whistle. Right. This is there's nothing silent about this at all. Right. And what's scary is, let's say, the Democrats win the presidency, yeah. Yeah. Um, whoever that may be. Mm-hmm. What really upsets me is I feel like the damage he's caused mm-hmm. is going to be with us for a very long time. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. He's really changed, like, to the point where, like, people don't know what the truth is anymore or they don't seem to even care. Yeah. You know, it's really scary. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, <clears throat> I still fault the Republican Party because, you know, when Nixon sort of did all of this in 1972 uh, until he was uh, thrown out of office in 74, he, he, you know, he resigned. At least there was a Republican Party that says, hey, wait a minute, we can't have this. Mm-hmm. This has to stop. Yeah. And I'm not seeing that at all. I mean, people have asked right. Lindsey Graham. People have asked um, uh, a bunch of other Republicans. Hey, you know, even Kellyanne Conway got into the act saying, told a reporter, well, what ethnicity are you? Yeah, I know. That was horrible. And, you know, there was and, – and, and, you know, if people say, well, these are just words. It's no big deal. Well, I mean, there was – this week, there was a grocery store clerk. I think this was in Illinois. Mm-hmm who attacked a, um, a Latino couple walking into the store just wanting to buy something. And he was like, well, where are you from? Are you illegal? Do you belong here? Let me see. As if this was apartheid South Africa. Did he get fired? To show you co- he, fired he did get fired. Yeah. Because obviously nowadays you have, you, have, you have to po- post a video and expose somebody before right. somebody gets well, fired, which is right. – 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, so. and then you know, I mean, I think what really frightens me is on a bigger scale of a picture. You know, mm-hmm. having grown up where we didn't have like Facebook and yeah. all this, like you know, social media. Social yeah. media, and now we do. You would think, well, no, that would be good because the truth <laughs> would spread out even faster. And yet, yeah. it seems to completely done the opposite. Because when, when it came out, like with him speaking, that he mm-hmm. had grabbed. Those women while he was oh, running. Sure, sure, yeah. I thought, oh, well, there's no way he's gonna win now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's no, but how could you know? And so, like things like, like, oh, jeez, if yeah. that's the tr- if he's on tape, you know, saying these sure, things. Sure, sure. We're not making it up here. Yeah. It's scary. It's it's amazing, and we can move on to something else. Mm. But you know, it's amazing how people, conservative people, will say, well, "Listen, we don't really care what he does. We right. just want him to implement our policies." Whether it be getting the Latinos out because uh, for whatever reason they're threatening our livelihood. I don't see how. Or we need to implement abortion. These ridiculous old arguments that have never been substantiated. Yeah. I mean, like I think about Vice President Pence, you know, going to the the ICE uh, storage facilities and, you know, giving a disdaining look. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like. Nothing. Nothing else. I mean, you right. know, what, is it, what did that accomplish? He didn't, he didn't talk to anybody. He yeah. Just did a photo op. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Okay. So that's that. I don't see anything else. Did anything else news wise? Um, I, I think that was all of. The yeah. Thing, I'm just kind of shocked that summer is. Yeah. Like we're past the middle of summer now. We're yeah. Exactly. Oh, you know, there's one thing that I want to. So the 50th anniversary. Of course, I was oh, just a child. And the other crazy thing. Yeah. Well, that one's a good one. But yes. Yesterday. Yes. So a chunk of the road, 880, uh-huh. dropped four by three feet. A Ooh. chunk of roadway just dropped. Ooh. And you see the pictures, and it's like you don't know what you're looking at, and then you realize what you're looking at is through the hole, down to the big chunk that oh fell God. through. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, what the. And so, yeah, this happened yesterday evening. And wow. And closed down. Mm-hmm. You know, people trying to go south on 880 from downtown were just stuck. Wow, the 880 bridge. Wow. Not How the often? Bridge, just that overpass. Just that right overpass, below, yeah. Uh, downtown. Do you, do you travel through there often? If I'm, well, see, I'll go to the city that way. I don't yeah. usually come home that way. Okay. Unless there's bad traffic, I'll go 580. Yeah. Which is much more of a straight yeah. shot. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people do because it comes off the bridge. You come off the bridge and you can go 580 or you can go 880. So yeah. a lot of that getting off work Friday traffic yeah. just got stuck, and some of our actors did too. So wow, yeah, wow. That was a drag. Now what, you were going to talk about the 50th well, anniversary. Well, yeah, the 50th anniversary of Neil Armstrong. Um, of course, I was only a baby at the time. <laughs> I was just born. <laughs> but you were 10 years old. Right. It must have been pretty exciting. I mean, did you see it on TV? I mean, do you have any memories of that? The most boring TV. Ever. <laughs> because yeah. Waiting for the countdown. Yeah. So it felt like, I don't know how long it was, but it felt like hours of just pictures of the capsule, pictures of the command center, pictures, you know, the yeah. occasional picture of an astronaut <laughs> sitting there waiting. While we're waiting for the landing, let's show you another picture of, you know. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, you know, I, and the movies of the time really captured that. When we get to Star Wars, we go back into sort of action, sci-fi, movie-making. Yeah, yeah. But until then, for those few years, we got a lot of quiet 
and you know, and boring. Yeah. Uh, not you know they were they were dramatically yeah, yeah, yeah. intriguing, but not visually. Yeah. Well, and that's about, what that was. So watching about, that on TV was yeah. just like couldn't wait for that final yeah. go go send that thing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen the old footages, and uh, I it's funny. My grandfather who passed away uh, in 1976, but my grand my dad tells me that my granddad never believed it. He thought really? it was fake. He thought it was completely <gasps> fake. He was like, no, that's just not possible. And I could understand that. He was part of the greatest generation. He was right. born in, like, I don't know, 1900. And he's like, no, that's not possible. That just isn't possible. Right. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts, Echo, about, I don't know, just space? And I don't know if it was a fascinating thing when you were growing up in Japan. How could, well, I was very young when I was in Japan, so I yeah. was not oh. thinking about space in Japan. But I yeah. certainly thought about it because, um, well, one of the first um, art projects I actually did, I was a visual artist for a while. That's why I was noticing all your oh, drawings nice. and yeah. things. So one of the first contests I ever won as a child was I had drawn it. It was like a history about the United States. And oh, wow. part of my drawing, it was a collage, yeah. incorporated um, going to the moon, this you know, the space oh, shuttle, yeah, and yeah. also, I mean, I remember the space shuttle. Oh my god, the shuttle, right? yeah, the that's shuttle, right. right. That's a whole different, yeah, know, yeah, coming and landing well, like a, a new, plane, yeah, yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah. And then when the whole thing blew up, I mean, well, let's not go into that. Was sure, that, right? sure. So of course, yeah. I mean, but if someone, you know. <laughs> You know, now they're talking about, oh, you know, you can, you know, you have to be wealthy, but you can reserve. Right. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. I'd say no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great about a lot of things, but no, I love the earth. Let's yeah. Let's stay here. Let's take care of our earth. Yeah, I yeah. So, I know yeah. Elon Musk and SpaceX. I mean, you yeah. know, listen, I wish Elon Musk the absolute best. Yeah. You know, let's let's do whatever we can. But mm. I don't know. That's a lot of money to spend. <laughs> And no, also, but even if it was free, I'm like, I might just take a trip, but I don't want to live somewhere else. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, right. No, they're still arguing that. And it'll be good for us to have. Shouldn't we have someplace else that we can be? I'm like, oh. um, <laughs> if we really mess up here, oh, yeah. But yeah. I, I would rather put the energy into making life but, better yes. here. Right. I mean, li- terraforming Mars and all that sort of stuff. I mean, we'll be dead by the time right. that happens. So, I, I, you know. <laughs> You're going to make me choke. <laughs> and, and, those, and those people. Now, your son may be, may, maybe, you know. Maybe. But they won't be coming back. I mean, that's the thing. If they oh, go, yeah, they're that's probably right. not coming back. Most of them that get there are probably never coming back. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. it's a little bit like the new world. You know, mm-hmm. you, yes. know you left the old country mm-hmm. and you went into this American wilderness. Ah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We'll see. And now, now yeah. the world looks at us like, y'all are crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing that popped up yes. with the, uh, the space landing, though, was the um, the moon landing was um, Gil Scott Heron's song, uh, Whitey on the Moon. Mm. Have you ever heard it? No, oh, i got to look it it's up. It's got like bongos or something. Yeah. Going, and he says, you know, it's all just, it's spoken word. Basically. Sure, sure. And the refrain is, because Whitey's on the moon. How yeah. come we don't have money for this? Because Whitey's <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> You know, that was going on in the late 60s. I think um, even the OJs talked about, you know, like we're going to Mars, but Mm -hmm. yet we're still starving here. Right, yeah. So, again, that was that that little era. There was that little bubble of time where that was the response was, why are we doing And so Mm -hmm. now that they're pushing this, Trump said 24? Yeah. Oh, he's going to do some space. Yeah. Yeah. I think Trump's just doing that. Hey, let's not talk about. My yeah, racist plans. Let's talk about something else. Let's, yes, that's yeah, it's exactly crazy. What's going yeah. On. All right, let's have an origin story. We have Eko Yamamoto. So, um, I love listening to your story. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, I'm just listening to other other stories. We, you know, um, every time we have someone here, it's like, wow, you know, I didn't realize, you mm-hmm. know, just the backgrounds, whatever. And you have, you know, you've traveled from 
country to country. So, yes, uh, I've lived a lot of yeah. Where are you, do you have do you have any early memories of Japan, or were you just too young? Well, I mean, I don't want to go too in depth in it, but the reason I do have memories of Japan and Korea, but it was mostly around the fact that I had lost my mother. Oh. She had died of cancer. When oh, I'm I was sorry about that. No, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, when you were very young. Yeah, she actually died when I was she passed. She was in the hospital and she passed away when I was about, I think, one a oh, little wow. bit over one. Mm, yeah. Okay. So I have those memories. I also have. Piano memories. <laughs> really? I had to learn piano, uh-huh. and my piano teacher was very old school. Mm-hmm. You know, would slap you. Oh no, the right, the, 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 the ruler. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <clears throat> I didn't fly well, but I have a lot of fond memories of Hawaii. Oh and wow! I still do. Uh, I mean, I named when my you son. in Hawaii. So my family immigrated to Hawaii to Honolulu when mm-hmm. I was. And when I say my parents, my father remarried. Okay. I'm half Japanese and half Korean, and he remarried another Korean woman. Okay. And she, I had always wanted to come to the United States, and they chose to live in Hawaii. So then when I was living, I was sent to Korea to live with my aunt, Mm -hmm. and then they had sent for me when, Mm -hmm. um, bless her heart, she had sent for me. Yeah. So um, I feel in lots of ways, though I lived there only until I was 10. Sure. um, A huge part of my identity is definitely I feel Hawaiian. All right. Not Hawaiian like I'm not Hawaiian ethnic. but Sure. But, uh-huh. you know, when I go back, my pigeon comes back. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right on. You know, and yeah. we have – well, I think it's also because we have a very distinct culture. It's part yeah. of the United States, but mm-hmm. we have a very distinct – Right. I'm sure a lot of states have their own distinct, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I went to Maui. Uh, this is a long t- – this is like 2000, and uh, you there was a, definitely a culture. Yes. You know, the luau and uh, the whole um, – what is it? Aloha. And Hawaiian time. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> what you think is similar to CPT, color people time. Uh, you know, I've just, never heard of that. Oh, see, oh yeah, no, CPT, yeah. No. Um, siblings? Uh, yes, one. She's uh, She lives here in the Bay Area. She's nine years younger than me. I don't nine. I'm sorry, seven. And uh-huh. she's a fashion designer. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. yeah. Well, still in the arts, yes. but a little different. All right. Yes. Very cool. Both of my parents did not expect that from us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, speaking of theater, did you study the- – did you do any theater when you were young? Um, well, yes. I mean, like most kids, you know, definitely did theater, like, in schools and such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But actually, um, my first time ever – you know, I mean, it was all quite accidental. You know, I didn't – I found out at the age of 25 that my mom was a professional jazz singer. I did wow. not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I was very discouraged from the arts. I don't know why. Okay. I still don't really know why. <laughs> um, but obviously, I just love singing and performing mm-hmm. and such. But, <clears throat> you know, just through school performances and stuff. And then accidentally, <laughs> I accidentally got myself in the choir by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you accidentally get into Well, that? what happened was I was incredibly shy when mm. I was young. And I think it had a I lot c- to do with... I can't with tell that. You I can't tell be, that? Yeah. No. I was very incredibly shy. And I think a lot of that had to do with moving around a lot. Sure. And also that particular age, uh, we had moved from Hawaii when I was 10 to a small town by Bakersfield, mm-hmm. where I'd gone from seeing a bunch <coughs> of minorities mm-hmm. to then we were the only minority. Well, we had half Hispanic, half white, but right. I mean, we're the only Asians yeah. in yeah. that entire yeah. community. It's about yeah. 12,000. Mm. So it was a huge shock. Yeah. So uh, I just used to follow these group of girls around, didn't really say much, and they were just going to this one room, you know, where we had choir or they, we, we had music, thank goodness, as mm-hmm. part of the program. And I went in, and she had me sing a song. And she was like, okay, you're in. And I said, well, I'm in what? And she's like, you're in choir. <laughs> I didn't even know. So well, that was accidental. <laughs> oh, nice. Yes. Did you do any solos? I mean, did you enjoy it? 
Um, the only time I did a solo was, and this is interesting, though my parents were very, um, I think my mom loved the arts, but she obviously, you know, my father was very, like, tradi- my father's also 11 years older than my mother, so mm-hmm. she's very, he's very, very traditional. Um, and he was definitely not into me performing. Um, oh. I got accepted to honor, honor choir, and my father said no, so I couldn't do that, oh. um, which was a great opportunity to, like, right. travel yeah, and sing, right. and no, yeah. so I couldn't do that. Um, but... <laughs> At the age of 16, my mom got it into her head. We had this thing called, um, I don't know what it's called anymore. Um, it used to be called uh, Miss Junior's Miss Program in the United States. It's oh. a Junior Miss Program. Okay. I um, I think it's, it's called like the Young Miss of America yeah. now. It's almost like the Miss America, but not necessarily. It's oh, well, it's not like Miss America in the sense that there's no bathing suit. Got it. And it's 50% like um, is scholastic <clears throat> talent. Okay. And, okay. So because, oh, nice. And it, you get a scholarship to go to college. So yeah, this nice. was like a big deal. And mm-hmm. so um, my father was really against it, but my mom wanted me to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was a tomboy, and she felt I needed to do something <laughs> right. like that. Something more feminine. Yes, because she was like, oh, my God, <coughs> you don't know how to, you know, I don't, I didn't really wear dresses. And she just really wanted me to do it. I was yeah. like, all right, Mom, I did it. So I remember, um, like, it was yesterday because um, it was the first time I, I decided to sing mm-hmm. for my performance, which mm-hmm. is like 20% of the competition. Mm-hmm. And I went to sing, and I was like, I was dressed. It was really silly. I was singing Send to the Clowns, and I was dressed as a clown. Oh. I know, I know. <laughs> but my mom made yeah. the costume. It was so cute. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, I went, and the microphone wasn't there. Okay. And I was like, okay, the microphone's not there. <laughs> just got to belt it out. Yeah, so I was like, okay. So I just started belting, mm-hmm. and then in the middle, they brought me the microphone, and I just. Oh, you know, how nice. Away. That was nice the first that. time I uh-huh. sang in front of everybody. Very wow. nice. And my father didn't want me to do it because, you know, he had a lot. We had a lot of racist experiences living there. Mm. The first house. In Bakersfield? Had, uh, it, no, it's a small town called Shafter. Shafter. Yeah. I don't want to say it's all bad because we also had a wonderful yeah. family, But Is this in California? Yeah. It's basically it's the reason. It, Shafter is like 20 minutes um, from Bakersfield. Okay. Mm. And um, it's a very small town. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the first house my father tried to buy, they said, we wouldn't sell a house to a chink. Right. Wow. And he used to like to go golfing. Yeah. He did a lot of that in Hawaii. Yeah. And um, he was always coming home upset yeah. because someone would say a racial slur to him. Yeah. And right. you know what's funny? I always think of redlining as being against blacks. And we have to realize that no, it's because yeah. everyone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is not white, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I want to say I also received a lot of support there. So what was interesting was that my father said they will never, I don't want you to do it. You'll get hurt. Mm. They will never, ever pick. Someone who's not—I mean, at, from the time that it had started, it uh-huh. used to be the—it used to be the Potato Queen Festival. Then, then they became part of Junior Miss, mm-hmm. sure. and it had always been white. Yeah, mm-hmm. not even Hispanic, even though half right. the town was. Yeah. Well, no, actually, maybe there was—I'm not sure. No, there was one, <coughs> maybe one or two. I don't uh-huh. know. Yeah. But mostly white, and he said that Jap, an Asian will never. And yeah. then I won. You won. I knew and it. And my knew father it. wasn't there because he could—he left crying. My mom told me he couldn't. He was so much joy. Um, shock? I don't know. You know, I'm I'm sure it's both joy and shock. Yeah. But he could. He's not a very emotional. He was, but didn't show it. Yeah. So he had to leave. Yeah. What? What? Now that's a fantastic story. I love yeah. that. Story. Yeah. And yeah. another great story about yes. that is that it, my parents, their sacrifice. So what happened was I was not a U.S. citizen at the time. Okay. Uh-huh. So I had gotten the scholarship and found out afterwards that I couldn't qualify for the scholarship. Mm-hmm. And because I was not 18, both of my parents who did actually came here but didn't – and were, were happy to be here but had always sort of thought that they would like to go back to their old country. Yeah. 
gave up their – they became U.S. citizens so that I could become wow. a citizen to that get the scholarship. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, that's amazing you mentioned wow. that. So we had our last guest mm-hmm. – um, Leticia, yeah, I think oh, yeah. Leticia Duarte. She yeah. talked about this show that she's doing, written by Linda Omayo Hassan. Sheer story yes. of a dreamer, basically mm-hmm. about a young girl who was, I think, competing for something and then realized that she's not an American citizen. She didn't realize it because her <laughs> right. parents didn't tell her. Oh, yeah. It's right. it's parallel to your yeah, story. Yeah. Of I course, didn't read the small fine print. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but but it, but it happens. It definitely happens. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Now, did you go? You went to college, so you didn't study theater in college, right? No, but I did. <clears throat> but I got into it while I was really at UCLA. So okay. what happened was. Um, my parents chose the college for me, so mm-hmm. much so that when I got the letter, acceptance letter, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I've been accepted. And then it said, dear Bruins. I was like, oh, my God, they mailed me the wrong letter. Right. <laughs> I didn't even know. That's not the first time I've heard that. Okay, good, because I feel like a complete idiot. Yeah. But that's how bad it is. Because you're a Bruin. But I'm a Bruin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, my so, stepson just got one and did exactly UCLA, the same thing. At yes. UCLA? He just, not an acceptance. He just had, you know, an offer. Uh-huh. Um, oh, hey, that's fantastic. You know, that's right. fantastic. Him to um, apply. Mm-hmm. Yes. It said Bru- or I guess he had sent, he must have sent something. And so there, it was a response letter. They said, Dear Bruin, instead of your Dear name. Bruins. And he was like, yeah. this isn't for me. Yeah. So it's there you go. It's mass mail. You don't there have you to go. name it. Right. Exactly. Remember any names. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, whatever. Hey, yeah. yeah. It is a huge school. Yeah. Um, but I had I had gone there pre-med because my, doc- my parents had said, you had to be a doctor or engineer. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to be any <laughs> But I was like, maybe I like science or Anyway, to make a long story short, thank goodness I changed my major. I might decided to um, major in history and Asian American studies. Right on. And it was through the Asian American studies program. I remember. Oh my gosh, we were watching part. A section of it um, was about minorities, Asian Americans in entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting because. The f- one of the first movies I'd ever seen with an Asian character was Sandra Oh. It was called mm-hmm. Double Happiness. It oh, came out at the time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I remember just bawling and bawling, and I, and I, but feeling very embarrassed, and I couldn't understand why. And then I realized it's because, oh my gosh, I feel seen. Right. That I had this weird experience because I had, like many Americans, yeah. I'd grown up watching television, sure, right. movies, and and never realized I was really that invisible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't just about seeing her. Yes. Seeing some person that looks like me. Yes. But telling a story about an immigrant, like her similar story, and I was like, oh my goodness, and yeah. I was also at the same time embarrassed because I was I was like, oh my gosh, I'm being seen. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. yes. And then it made me realize, I was thinking about that today coming here, like, well, what TV shows did I did enjoy watching, uh-huh. yeah. right? And I realized, oh, my gosh, almost all of my favorite shows were African-American shows. And uh-huh. why is that? That's why funny. is that? Why is it that I love Sanford and Son and Different Strokes and Jefferson's? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. It's because I at least identified with being the other without even right. realizing it. Right. That's fascinating. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's heartwarming because, you know, I sometimes – and I've talked with, you know, Asian Americans as well, and usually I hear the opposite where they identify with – there's an Anglophobia. That, I mean, not Anglophobia, but there's an Anglo uh, uh, addiction or whatever Philia. you want to feel – philia, I guess you want to call it. <laughs> and you hear about white – you know, whitening skin products right, yes. sold in Asia or whatever yes. because yeah. there's such an obsession. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to marry a white person or I right. want to, you know, associate with, you know, pure, with white or yes. whatever, yeah. especially coming to America. And um, mm-hmm. to hear the, the other, the opposite. And I understand exactly how you feel. And it's fascinating listening to you telling about watching television shows. When I was growing up, I thought the version of beauty 
was Farrah Fawcett Majors because I would see right. her all the time. Posters were everywhere. And, you know, Charlie's Angels and all that stuff. Right. And I remember, you know, like, um, and they would use, they would have these, uh, these, uh, ba- I don't know, we call them baseball cards or whatever, but it would have the television shows. And my mother had such a pained look on her face, and I didn't realize it until I realized, wow, I'm idolizing, or in my mind, this white woman mm-hmm. and not realizing black beauty. And, of course, that changed when Janet Jackson was Penny in Good Times. Oh. <laughs> and I had a little crush on her. But, no, I, I totally understand. Yeah. yeah. And it, so I yeah. was really fortunate because my very first acting class yeah. was with Nobu McCarthy, an artistic director at the time of East West Players. Oh. Wow. I right mean, on. that's like my entrance into right. it, you know. Yeah. I took two classes with her. And oh. she was very encouraging. And mm-hmm. so I started doing productions in college oh. yeah. but not with ever with intention of being coming an actor just because i loved it so here's yeah. the funny thing i lived in la for 16 years once i left college never acted wasn't thinking about acting oh. wasn't not yeah, wow. but i continue to take acting classes because i just loved them acting yeah. class voices i just found them fascinating yeah oh. now know? speaking of the classes yeah. i'm always interested in technique yeah like the meisner technique or mm. uh, stella adler or stanislavski mm. beats subjectives did you learn all of that I learned some of it, okay. and the ones I haven't taken, like I've never taken a method acting class, but I do mm. know what it's yeah. about. Um, it's interesting because I, for me, um, I think every actor is different, and yes. so every entrance point is going to be, you know, it's not going to be fit for everyone. Sure. So you have to find your way. Right. Yeah. But I, are you familiar? I got his first name, Margie. I'm not sure, but her, the Haberman, Margie Haberman, I think that's her. I've no. Oh, uh, well, she is a, um, she and if I missaid your name, I apologize. <laughs> but she is an acting coach in L.A. Mm-hmm. And um, I sort of accidentally – I do try to read a lot of books as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I love what she said. Something she said really got me, which is as an actor, she goes, I don't want you when you go into – it was about audition because auditioning is a whole other animal. Oh, yeah. A whole other animal, okay? Oh, yeah. So um, being a naturally shy person, I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> shy person, I used to, of course, mm-hmm. be terrified of auditioning. Yeah. And they don't really have, like, well, I'm sure they do now, but back then, it wasn't lo- there wasn't a lot of, like, audition classes. It was, like, yeah. acting classes. Yeah. Um, and um, she says, I don't want you to be an actor. I want you to be a human being. Mm-hmm. And I want you, to, instead of thinking of it as a scene, think of it as a slice of life. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this idea well, of, like, you're not <clears> in there, like, don't go in there, like, oh, my God, I need to get this job. Yeah. You know, like you have a moment. Like mm-hmm. everything shifted for me when I realized, like, when I go to audition, mm-hmm. I get to live with that character yeah. right. for that amount of time. Mm-hmm. Imagine what it's like to be that person. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. That's good I, had a, I had a question for you, Norman, as a director. For auditions, and we've talked about auditions and different audition mm-hmm. types. Do you ever, in, in, do you ever inject any um, improvisation? Uh, especially like, like during callbacks. No, no. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't. <coughs> because my feeling is, my my feeling is you're you know it's a play. You're working on a script. Yeah. So there's there are some needs within that, um, and I say that so strongly. And yet, what I do, I want to see if somebody has flexibility. So read that scene or read that monologue. Now try it again. Give me more of this. Give me less of that. Right. Add this in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's something like maybe I'm thinking about doubling a character, so I want to see what else you can do, but I don't want to go through the trouble of having you, mm-hmm. you know, pick something else up. Take what you've already got in your hand mm-hmm. and just show me something different with it. Yeah. And it's funny because as an actor, I used to hate that. And now I've done it so much as a director that I'm, 
when it happens to me, I'm like, okay, I, I, maybe you're looking for what I'm looking for. So here you go. Let me show you something totally yeah. different. Yeah. Again, I think about that because you mentioned Echo, the slice of life. There's so many people who give great auditions because they've got their little shtick or their spiel right. or, you know, whatever they, they may have done a monologue for the last 10, 20 years. And then they're cast and – you don't really get to see their true nature until they've already cast, and they mm-hmm. may be horrible, or they may not connect well with someone else, and so getting that that slice of life, or they may be a good reader, exactly. But that's it, right? Exactly, and I think you know maybe I, I just thought maybe improvisation or doing something that someone doesn't expect, mm-hmm. you can get sort of okay, that's what that person's really all about. So yeah. <laughs> it's happened to me Has where it? I've been given an improv, not a lot. It's only happened twice. Yeah. Or let's say a director basically saying, okay, now do it this way or do it that way. Like as far as taking direction or let's say doing things a different way, does it throw you or does this, is it something that you – Were you, you in my head to? this morning or something? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go there and have nothing to say. <laughs> you know, you're like, you know, I'm like what am I going to say? And I was like, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. They'll ask me questions, but I kind of feel like somebody went through my head. Mm-hmm. Um well, the thing is, you know, I when I decide to act, obviously I'm older and older. You know, I'm not a 20-year-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, sure, I mean, when I first started auditioning and I was given adjustment, I used to understand it as, oh, my gosh, I've done it something wrong. Right. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I had no idea, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a newbie. And I'm like, now I've learned, no, that's good. They won't exactly. give you an adjustment if they don't think you Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. Right. Um, but – you know, it's still a challenging thing because mm-hmm. <laughs> recently I did an audition um, where, you know, I had to do a Japanese accent and a British accent. And then oh. and then I was told, like, this person has been drinking a lot. And I was like, oh, my God, on the fly, could I do a Japanese accent with a drunken slur? <laughs> you know? And I'm, yeah. I decided to forego it because I said, you know what? Instead of worrying about all that, let me just try to stick to the truth of the character as yeah. much sure. as I can. Yeah. I don't think I'm gifted enough or – I mean, I'm not trained enough in that technique. Sure. I haven't been an actor long enough to I could just wing it off the fly. Right. Like yeah. Maybe some people can. Kudos to you. Can you? Oh, Could you? I, I'm, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm definitely in that camp of let me show you what I can show you mm. and hope that you've got enough sense. Because I know, again, as a director, I'll clock, okay, I've got this much time in the rehearsal process to get you where I need you to go. So even if we're starting from scratch, even if that's not your skill set, do I have enough time to get you there? And I feel that way. There's certain accents where I'm like, I'm gonna, I am gonna, want to audition for the show because I'm excited. I do not think in less than two weeks I can pull together a strong enough dialect that I can make it work. So I'm not even going to try. Like, yeah. right. I'd rather come in and give a strong audition and then we can have a conversation about dialect right. than to – I was complaining last night about a, a show that I had done years ago and had an actor – swear to me that he understood how to rap and how to break dance, which were key to the character. Okay. And it became clear, and I even said as we started the process, because I'm like, if I have to start from scratch, then I'll figure out, we'll find a choreographer, we'll get somebody to come in and coach you, we'll make some time for that so that you can get enough time to practice, blah, 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 blah. We got to what we were doing run-throughs, and it was so obvious that he just didn't have it and wasn't going to get it. And I was like, and we don't have time now. Don't mm-hmm. have time or budget mm-hmm. now to throw something new at this. 
And so now I've got to figure out how to work around what is just not going to work. Oh, that's just that's just killer. And as an actor, I mean, you have to be very, very careful of telling someone, oh, I can do this, I can right. do that. Yeah. If you, you've got to be honest with yourself and be honest mm-hmm. with the director. If you can't do it, you can't do it. I think about that that's with it. singing all the time, with musicals. Like, I would put on my resume, I'm a, I'm a first tenor. I'm not a first tenor anymore. Right. Uh, you know, it's tough hitting those G's and A's and uh-huh. over the A's. So I'm like, listen, I'm a second, you know, second tenor, you know. Right. On a good day, I may be able to hit that A or whatever, but I, I don't know if I can do it consistently. <laughs> and that's just being honest because you don't want to burn a director right. and be like, damn it, you know, we hired this person because he told us he can do this. Right. And he can't do it. Right. And instead, if they hear what you can do and then they try to stretch you, if yeah. you aren't able to stretch, then mm-hmm. they should have known that. Right. And you didn't lie. So. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel bad as an actor if I tell someone I can do something and then I can't really do it right. or I can't do it the way they want me to do it. Mm-hmm. It's funny you were mentioning playing alcoholic or whatever. So, and I know I keep on referencing four men in Paris. People are going to be sick of me, you know. But, so we, I wrote this play and I had on here, okay, these characters are drunk when this scene is going on. And I put it there because I thought that maybe it would enhance the scene. But, of course, when we did it at the Douglas Morrison Theater, it wasn't played. They, the characters were not drunk at all, and they didn't need to be drunk. Right. Um, so a lot of times, let's say if someone says, well, you know, you got to be drunk in this or whatever. I don't know. I mean, the script may say something, but the director has the discretion to. Well, I want to clarify because I don't want <laughs> to. Yeah, no, 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 no. I was not given the, the – first of all, the director wasn't even there. The director is in New York. Oh, okay. I was being taped. Got oh, so that was very interesting. And that's the other. Yeah. That's a whole nother. I've never yep. been taped at an audition. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So the, what was really challenging is not only was I taped, I was told that I was being taped shoulder up, like I had to be in a certain frame. Right? Oh, I got it. So when the time came, she, the I think she was the assistant to the director, did mm. not say, um, she she I want you to play drunk because that would be weird, yeah. I think. She just said, um, I just want you to, part of the adjustment she gave was that, she had been drinking a lot. Hmm. So she's going to say things she's going to regret tomorrow. Oh, and kind of oh thing, I, right? I got it. That's so that's an option. You could play it drunk sure. or what. But I did have – it's interesting because I did have this impulse to, like, get up mm-hmm. and, you know, do this movement. Uh-huh. I had this, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't do that right. because I'm in frame. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was challenging. It's almost like in film where they say stay at that position. Just you stay know, there. You know enough to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so actors don't always know when that. did you come to the Bay? When did you? Um, in 2002. That's going to give my age away, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's, it's okay. fine. It's yeah. fine. No, I own age. No, was it just your family or just you? No, my husband is from the Bay Area and did not like L.A. I loved L.A. Mm. And um, he really wanted, actually, he's from Sonoma County and wanted me to move up there. Oh. And I said, no, mm-hmm. I'm not going to move from L.A. to Sonoma. Mm. So I have actually since lived in Sonoma, and it's gorgeous and beautiful. Yeah, it is. Um, but I said I'm willing to move to San Francisco. So I lived in San Francisco for two years. Okay. And then I've only been – now I have lived in <laughs> Berkeley, Sonoma, and I've been in the peninsula for two years. So mm-hmm. all over the Bay Area. Yeah. How has uh, – I mean, you've, you've been very, very active. How has mm-hmm. Bay Area theater uh, treated you? I mean, are you getting very the roles that you well. want? Um, well, I mean, you don't always – as all actors know, we don't always get all the roles. Oh, sure. There's been a lot of roles I didn't get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but here's the here's the thing that I think um, maybe some of your listeners would find interesting sure. um, and hopefully helpful mm-hmm. is that um, I knew I knew enough that um, auditioning was very tough mm-hmm. that it was a different animal and um, I had taken like maybe one or two audition classes and it was definitely helpful but I knew the only way for me particularly to get over 
um, this fear was just to do a lot of it. Yeah. So I think starting this year, January, mm-hmm. that's been seven months, I've auditioned. I keep a spreadsheet and an audition diary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have. I was surprised. I looked at my. I've auditioned for 38 different entities. Wow. This year? Yes, this in seven months. Three. That's oh, or maybe 27, but mm-hmm. then including callbacks, I'm getting confused. Hustling, hustling. That's, that's, that's hustling. That's good. And I don't recommend that. I think that's a little overboard, but for me it was because I really um, wanted to get over the fright, and I felt the only way to do it was yeah. to expose, just throw myself in there. Yeah. I have two questions for yeah. you because I know we're okay. we're getting close to one hour, one hour mark because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, we've had Crystal Piamonte Jung on, and we've had Circle Dai and a couple of uh, Asian-American actors and actresses. And there are times where they play roles, excuse me, they play roles um, which are different than their ethnicity. Sometimes it's, they're like, hey, it's great, I'm going to get to do that role. Sometimes it's like, well, wait a minute, I'm Korean, but I'm playing Japanese, or I'm Filipino, Mm. and I'm playing Chinese. Mm. How do you feel about that? Um, Well, I just had to do that recently where I was in Flower Drum Song. Um, which is uh, was directed by Lily Lily Tung Crystal, yeah, yeah, fabulous that's right. director, mm-hmm. fabulous person. Um, and you know the play is about Chinese characters. Sure. I'm not Chinese, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of the people who are in the play are also Filipino and other ethnicities. Um, yeah. We had we had you know right. say Asian, but it's not heterogeneous. Right. I yeah. mean, it's not homogenous. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and so we were. You know, we also were very fortunate to have Patrick Chu, um, who helped us with the dialects. I had to learn a Mandarin dialect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well I did, but <laughs> I tried. Um, and so I would say, but it helped because Lin, Lily said to us, I think remember, I think because we were all very stressed out in some ways because we wanted to be as authentic as possible. She said, you know, this is your story, and um, she said, I remember one thing she said specifically to us. I was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness, is that. Well, this is the story takes place um, later, like in the '60s. Um, I think maybe the original was a little bit earlier, but the David Huang mm-hmm. uh, we wrote that you guys heard, and that's what we did. Oh right, right. Um, yes. yes. And um, she said there were a lot of like Japanese and Koreans who are hiding in Chinatown because mm-hmm. they're trying to escape the internment. Yeah. Um, and so if you have if you're uncomfortable playing a Chinese character, mm-hmm. remember that you could be one of these characters who are pretending to be yeah. you know, Chinese. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was definitely helpful. Um, but you know, I mean, <laughs> I, my very first musical I ever did, I was I was still a child. I was in the King and I, but it was in Shafter. And so I an entire production, I was the only person who was Asian. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because just on Facebook today I was reading about, um, gosh, I'm really terrible with names, but I guess there's a well-known theater in New York. Did you read about that? No. Where um, they are, I guess, had done this play that part of it received um, public grant money, and it's a story that takes place with Asian characters, and everyone's being pretty much yellow-faced. Oh. Yeah. Still, yeah. Yeah, that's And it's happening good. in New York. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And I, that kind of surprises me. I mean, it's one thing if you're, like, in, like, I don't know, <laughs> somewhere else where there's no of that ethnicity and you really still want to do this play. But New York City? But New York City, yeah. yeah. That, so yeah it that depends, you know, what it is. Like, I'm playing Ernestina Money. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, and hell, Hello Dolly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not white or whatever. <clears throat> She's Italian. I have sure. no idea. I'm not, yeah. you know. Yeah. But you don't feel, um, because, I, you know, I personally, I don't. 
I wouldn't think of it being a problem because I think you're absolutely right. You know, if you're a Korean or Asian or whatever, it's just like if I um, – it's hard to say as an, you know, an African-American if I had to play – of course, I, I, I was in statements where I had to play a South African. But I would think that the Asian community, although it comes from different cultures and backgrounds, there's still some sort of commonality, I would think. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it can't be that much of a difference – there is a bit of a difference, let's say, for being grown up in China than growing up in Japan. But you can find some sort of commonality, I would think. Well, I, I think it, it comes down to, I mean, it depends, you know. Like, I, I wouldn't be comfortable maybe playing someone who is, like, of a very specific ethnicity. If that's what that sure, story is sure, about. Right. 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 If the story right. is about of being that ethnicity, then that wouldn't be appropriate. Right. Um, but I think it's also about the history of racism, right, in this country. Right. 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 People are always saying, you know, people who are not as whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to say any negative comments, but it has maybe not so um, informed, I will sure, say. Sure, sure. You know, we'll say, oh, I don't see what's the big deal. Like, why can't those characters be played by whatever race? And like, um, you know, like, for example, when Scarlett Johansson got a lot of flat Oh, right. yeah, that's right. That's right. Shows, right? Yeah. And I say, well, when you think about the history mm -hmm. of the fact that, you know, most everything that we've seen or has done is about white America. Mm -hmm. Right. And the history of what ethnic minorities have gone through this country mm -hmm. and also if you happen to be an actor and a person of color mm -hmm. right. how so few roles there are yeah right. so when a story is about that race that character it's it's a huge insult obviously yeah. to have it played some by someone who's of uh, you know mm -hmm. a western absolutely yeah and you've made a good point as far as you know the specificity you know if if, if, if there's a role that specifically says a Japanese American, mm -hmm. you know, a Japanese actor, because right. the you know the role details what's going on. Then it really should be. I mean, I, I it's would think that the company it's not always should. Yes. You know. Um, yes. <clears throat> I think that's what's going on with ACT right now. They're trying to cast for Top Girls for Lady Nijo, mm -hmm. and I heard in the grapevine that they are really trying, which I really appreciated, to uh, cast that role for a Japanese. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure because I'm not in the casting department, but I've heard on the grapevine that now they've opened it up to all Asians. But at least they tried. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, can't you take? Can't you do the role? Oh, I auditioned for the role. I didn't get it. <laughs> it's the life of an actor. It happens to all of us. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, no, I was I was very honored to be called. But yeah, you know. right. yeah. One last question. Yeah. Um, acting and motherhood. How do you how do you oh balance boy. that? Um, is it easy or hard? <laughs> you don't. The answer is you don't. Uh, the instant pot is my friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I hear you. And it's not because I'm a woman and I cook for my family. I, it just so happens that I do, but my husband doesn't cook at all. So you know, mm -hmm. there are some men who cook for their family. Mm -hmm. So um, no, you do you do the best you can. Obviously, my son's older now, so it's easier. Um, that's one of the reasons why I stopped acting, actually, uh -huh. uh, was because I decided to stay home and take care of my child. Um, mm -hmm. I used to also be a full-time, uh, in the full-time corporate world, you know. Hmm. By the time I was 30, I was a CEO of a pharma, ph pharma startup. Wow. You know, Look and I that. had a whole career in doing that, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and then I, when I moved to the Bay Area, I decided I really wanted to pursue my, I've always loved drawing and painting, and so I, I got into CCA and I did that for oh. a while. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I was working as a visual artist. Um, mm. But the thing about being a visual artist, I still love painting and drawing, and I love the work you have around here. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful to look at. Um, is that it's a singular job, meaning like you're alone a lot. It's not right. a collaboration. Sure, sure. You don't really meet people. You might meet people at the show, but you're not working with right. them. You're not you know, yeah, you're not yeah, working yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in theater, that's the complete opposite. 
right? That's you right. are constantly working with people, meeting right. people, and um, that's that's why one of that's one of the main reasons why I returned is I just wanted I just miss that collaborative spirit yeah. of yeah. theater arts. Yeah. No, that's fantastic, and it sounds like you get a great deal of support from your husband. I mean, he may not cook but he'll watch he'll watch over your son i imagine while you're doing all he this is very like supportive that. he sees how happy i am when i'm doing it yeah okay. so he encourages me yes wonderful wonderful yes yeah that's fantastic mm-hmm. all right well we have uh yeah we've hit the one hour mark we've had so much fun mm-hmm. just uh, we can go this on yes. go on and on and on birthdays the list is not as big as it was last week man <laughs> there were too many people last week um and one I have to put out, just even though she's not, she's a theater supporter, Anne mm-hmm. Pickling. Her birthday is coming up. Her birthday is today, I think. Um, anyway, she um, is going to be throwing a party down in Cupertino for, you know, they're going to come see the show and she's throwing the party. All right. Like, oh, I have to acknowledge that. Um, other folks, Stanley Spenger um, has been involved with Subterranean Shakespeare forever mm-hmm. and in Berkeley. And it's funny, our paths barely cross, but you know, we're, we have these communications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's mostly what happens where it's always like missed opportunities. No, I'm not available. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jean Emery Johnstone. Um, I did Love's Labor's Lost at what was then called Tri-Valley Shakes and now it's uh, Livermore. Mm-hmm. Um, and oops, my mic is falling. Um, and she played my, and character's name now. I think it's Rosalind. Okay. Which is weird because as you like it, it's Rosalind. Yeah. Um, but I played Barone. She played my, my love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and she lives here in Oakland and she is, I'm not sure what her title is, but there's a group called the, the- Teaching Artists Guild. Mm. And it's for, you know, theater people who wear that extra hat. Mm-hmm. Um, John Strain, somebody I went to college with, the actor. Sam Subota, I believe. We worked at the Asian American Theater Company in San Jose, but it's been so long I can't remember. Katja Rivera, mm. whose birthday's coming up. Uh, she, I met her through a playwriting program, and now she's directing all over the Bay, which is kind of wonderful, and a new grandma. So right on. She's also bouncing back to the East Coast. I think she's been three times since last fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to go see the baby. Yeah. Um, Laura Brookman was somebody I met when I was doing um, – I was on the selection committee for the Bay Area Playwrights Festival, mm-hmm. and so I met her through that. Uh, Jessica Ur, and I'm probably messing up her last name, but Jessica was in uh, Everyday Alice, ah, that I just did. Yeah. And it took me the longest time to figure out that her character, this was a contemporary telling of a grown-up Alice in a relationship with a grown-up Peter. Mm-hmm. Mm. Grown-up Alice in Wonderland, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it took me forever to figure out that Jessica's character was Tinkerbell. Oh, yeah. oh. She was she was a modern analog to Tinkerbell. It was it was very subtle, mm-hmm. but if you knew that, suddenly you went, "Oh, okay, that's why she's a dancer. Oh, that's why she doesn't talk." <laughs> yeah, it was very cool. Uh, Chico Perdiman was one of the first actors that I got to work with as I came out of college here in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. um, and he had moved to LA for a while, and I think he moved. I know he moved back, got married, and moved back, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't heard much from him in recent. Uh, Dawson Moore, do you have that one? No. No. Oh, you don't know Dawson Moore. Um, writer and uh, producer, mm-hmm. and uh, he and Colin Hussey, um, he... I've heard the name before. Among other things, he does, uh, there's a theater festival up in Alaska. 
Okay. And Colin has tried over the years to talk me into going to this thing, and I'm like, dude, I do not have the money to go to Alaska, <laughs> and y'all don't have now. the money to fly me there, so yeah. it's not happening. And then Kim Myrick, who mm-hmm. is um, a tech, a sound tech, right on. a musician, yeah. and uh, works a lot with the African American Shakespeare Company. I want to get more tech folks in, because that's a story. We, oh. don't, we don't tell enough stories of folks who just work backstage. I will hit him up and see. Yeah, yeah. So that's my birthday list. Those are the birthday kids for this week. And I've got a list. Um... One of my mentors, Caroline Clay, she has the same last name as mine. I have no idea whether we're related or not. Mm. She and I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Uh, oh. She's doing magnificent work. I believe she is in. She's she was in um, Grey's Anatomy, uh, and oh. she's she's. I think she's doing a Broadway production, and she her career is just really really taken off. That's so, great. happy birthday to Caroline. Her birthday is today. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, on Friday, yesterday, yesterday is Friday, yes, uh, Lori Goff, uh, she and I went to the Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Uh-huh. She is a wonderful uh, theater person. Afro-Israeli, um, hmm. uh, one of the few Jewish, see a lot of that. Afro-Jewish um, uh, person. And she's, she has a fundraiser, the, Af- the Anti-Defamation League. So uh-huh. maybe I'll put a link in for that for those who want to uh, give for her birthday. Mm-hmm. I noticed that's the thing that's going on in Facebook. Right. People have their b- birthdays and they have and these they, uh, Facebook fundraisers. Facebook encouraging it. Yeah, oh. which is oh. very, very cool. Yeah. Also on Friday, la- yesterday, Glenda Solis, uh, I acted with her. We did The Marriage of Benton Boo. Oh. Uh, it was done at the Exeter Taylor when the Exeter Taylor just opened up. Uh-huh. And uh, I have wonderful uh, memories of that. Uh, also, Stephen Collins, uh, I believe he and I acted together, I want to say... With the Playwright Center for San Francisco, um, he's a fantastic actor. His birthday is on Sunday. Also, uh, Ashley Rockwood Melger, her birthday is also on Sunday. I'm trying to remember where I acted with her. Um, I can't remember, but her, her birthday <laughs> is is there. Uh, Tom Ferris, his birthday is Thursday. I definitely remember him. Uh, Tom Ferris, he's an actor in uh, Hayward, and we acted together in One Ten in the Shade. He's, ah, he's just uh-huh. a magnificent presence. So I want to say happy birthday to Tom. And lastly, Lindsay, Lindsay Schmelzer. Uh, she, um, matter of fact, I just finished doing Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, and she was the musical director. I also acted with her in Civil War Christmas. Uh, she's a fantastic mm. musician and actress and singer. And that's it. Those are the birthdays that I have. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, folks. Happy yeah, birthday. if there's anything you want to throw in, feel free. Yeah. Uh, shows. Uh, Anton's Well uh, just opened Escape Alone, and here we go. These are two one-acts um, that they're doing in at the Thousand Oaks Baptist Church in Berkeley. Um, so if you want information on that, antonswell.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will run through August 3rd. So. So I got to get off my butt and make sure I can see it. <laughs> and uh, anything else for you? Um, and as you like it. Of course, uh, as we, you like uh, it. Shakespeare in the Park. It runs through September the 22nd. I believe this week it's where? Um, it's in Cupertino. Uh, we are, well, today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is our official opening. And then next week, I think we are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, okay. I, I'm excited. We don't excited. normally do all of that, so. Because yeah. Tonight I get, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I just say I'm excited because I'm seeing Kiss My Ass Tech tonight. And oh, that's I've heard so much about that. Yes, yeah. that Berkeley rep. And then tomorrow, oh. tomorrow I'm going to go see the Language Archive. All right. Uh-huh. Directed by Jeffrey Lowe, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Fantastic. Um, so as you like it, uh, I've talked about that. Also, I want to uh, advertise Cheer, Story of a Dreamer. 
Um, oh, right. Yes. Theater Cultura is doing that. Uh, and that'll be at the playground uh, August the 1st through the 11th. Also um, at, um, at Petrero Stage. Petrero Stage. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Also at Petrero Stage, uh, something that I'll be stage managing, although it's just a reading, uh-huh. that will be the Emeryville Horror. That's uh, oh. written by collectively um, Lisa Kong. Uh, uh, is it Lisa Kong? Kong. Yes. Yeah. We've had her on the show. Yes. Uh, she's collaborating with uh, some other writers, and that will be basically an ecological story about what's happening in the environment here oh. in, uh, Emeryville. in Emeryville. And that's only one day, I believe, that's August the 11th uh, mm-hmm. at Potrero Stage. Also, a good, some a couple of good friends of mine are doing Hairspray mm-hmm. by Bay Area Musicals. That's at the Victorian Theater. Usually Ray of Light um, right. is there. Mm-hmm. And that uh, it runs, it, it opened July the 4th, and it runs till August the 11th. And a good friend of mine, Paul Plain, and also um, Steve... Is it his, Stephen Stephen McLeod is in that, and he and I they we acted in uh, Women on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown. So, I'm always encouraging my fellow um, theater folks <laughs> to um, you know to p- pump their show and all that sort of stuff. I've and got one other reading. Yes, um, this is uh, this is at the, they're calling it the Central Works Theater, which is funny, but the uh, the Women's Building in okay. Berkeley. Yeah, um, the Julia Morgan. A lot of people refer to it as. Um, and they're doing a staged reading 7 o'clock tomorrow. Okay. I think. No, maybe it's Monday. The 22nd? That's Monday, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's the 22nd, 7 o'clock in Berkeley. Okay. Uh, new play. What, um, what's it called? Looking for a title. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there it is. Time After Time Again. Okay. So that'll be kind of fun. Yeah. And I know she's also got a – yeah, today there's – um. There's a reading, the uh, Playwright Center in San Francisco is doing... That's right, Charlie Larigo. They, they have their uh, showcase, and they do it every year, mm-hmm. and I believe this is round two. Right, and I think she's got a piece in that as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, 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 the Playwright Center, all sorts <coughs> of... Uh, I'm, it's wonderful to hear companies focusing on new works, developing new works. Um, do you ever do readings, Echo? Well, I was just... I just got. That's what I did at ground, uh, the ground floor. The ground floor. Uh-huh. Um, it was with awesome. Yes, yeah. but what was so awesome? It was actually with the young writers. Have you heard of this Young Writers of Color Collective? No, no. I got So it's an education outreach program where they go to different high schools and they bring gifted writers mm-hmm. from people of color. Yeah. And they write plays and they train them and they work with them and mm-hmm. with dramaturgs and directors. Oh. And then we got to read their plays. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And it was amazing. Yeah. Speaking of new works, so you and I would have worked on the Twilight Zone. Thing, but that's what ah, I but, no. I'm, but I'm so happy that uh, you read my works and you gave me good constructive criticism. And uh, just the fact that I could, you know, reach out to you and you know, with your busy schedule, you, you know, you were available. So I just want to thank you for that. Yeah. Did you enjoy yourself today? I did. It was really, really nice. Can I just plug a and few shows? Yes, not sure. not me, plug. but but um, I just people. saw Lily in the Good Person of Sheshwan. That's right. I've, I've been seeing pictures of her. Yeah, yeah. And that is a good show. Yeah. Um, it's very funny too, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it has a really good heartfelt story um, mm. about you know being a good person. And um, a friend of mine, Jomar Martinez, is also in um, the Foothills Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Yeah, oh. I'm trying to remember. So many people. And then I think, and these are peeps that I worked with on Flower Drum Song. I believe yeah. oh. also one of my friends is also <coughs> in, um, JP is in uh, The White Snake. Mm-hmm. Um, is that? The White Snake. Yes. It's a oh. Shakespeare. Oh, my God. I can't remember the name. But look it up on the Internet, folks. It's yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's not Shakespeare. It's one of the Shakespeare right. programs. I think it's, it's not SF Shakes. I can't no, it's remember. Not SF no, it's not because you're with SF Shakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, there's just a lot of theater in the Bay Area. There is right? a lot of theater in the Bay yeah. Area. Usually every summer there's always something going on, whether it be right. free Shakespeare yeah. or something Mind happening truth. at the Aurora, yeah. the Mayan Truth, there's lots the of Julie, musicals. The Julie Cycle at uh, Poltergeist Theater. Mm-hmm. They won um, – a grant, yeah. and they're doing it. It's a I've heard about Poltergeist Theater, although yeah. I haven't oh. seen anything uh-huh. there. Well, it's their first, I believe, play they're putting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've um, they've been advertising on Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In any case, anyway. w- it was fantastic having you here, Thank and you. Uh, it was just really, really wonderful. All right. Here is my spiel. You can find the A on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads, uh, really any app that you use. Uh, it doesn't have to be the iPhone app. It could be any app. You will be able to find us. Uh, if you're an old stogie like me and you listen to your podcast on a laptop or a desktop, you can go on iTunes. <laughs> you can go because young folks don't use laptops or desktops. That's what I hear. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Folks are just doing everything on their well, phones. And pads and they're using pads. Yeah, and pads. Yes, exactly. I saw. I heard a, and it's so funny. My wife and I got into it about this because they were doing. I heard a tech report on the news. Yeah. And they were saying Apple's putting out uh, the latest version of a pad. Yeah. And uh, and the guy made a point of saying it can't do everything that a laptop does. So there are mm-hmm. things in terms of editing that you can't do yet on a pad. So. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, yeah, not yet. I think I really think a that pad Tim does a lot of things, but it can't do that. Right. Well, Tim Cook, he really wants folks to use the pad. I, th- I honestly think Apple, is, to my chagrin, are getting out of the laptop business. I really believe right. that. They are. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're very much. So in any case, if you uh, if you still use the desktop or a laptop, <laughs> you can go on iTunes, click on Store, use the search engine on the r- upper right-hand side, and you can find the Yay, You'll Find Us. For mm-hmm. Android users, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com and you'll find us. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find me at Reg Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Echo, are you on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram? Uh, yes. <laughs> but um, the public one is uh, Instagram, Echo YH. Echo YH. And I do have a website, EchoYamoto.com. We will we will plug that. We will, yeah. you know, have that on there because uh, any um, directors, producers who are looking for a fantastic Asian-American actress, Echo is um, someone that you, you should be looking at. That's very kind of you. Absolutely. <laughs> and we've we got to find, find a better, better sign-off. And we are.